This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, most user-friendly, intuitive, responsive, and robust way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, online store, or even just a landing page. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. Felt like that felt like a question mark. In that <laughs> yeah, sense. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like a, la- a landing page, Purchase? like click here for the high bandwidth version of the site. Click here for oh, no, dial-up I, users. Oh, I was just thinking, just like, or like just like just your like, logo and then an I'm animation person, of a cat like, behind here it. it. Is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I, I prefer mine. I know what day it is, Chris. Yeah. I always know these days. All right. The, <laughs> I always know these I always days. Know these days. days. These days. This day is November third, twenty sixteen. This is Idle Thumbs two eighty seven. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Welcome to this Idle Thumbs episode. Thanks, Thank Jake. You. Oh, you're welcome. Nick, I heard you dreamt about Idle Thumbs. Oh, on this episode, we're going to talk about Owl Boy. <laughs> we may talk about Battlefield One, depending on how the on Nick's mood, depending on, on Nick's, Nick's dream <laughs> yeah. state. Yeah, um, Jake and I will talk about Mini Metro. Oh, and we'll see what else happens. But first, a dream. I've been having like a lot of back pain recently. Like I messed okay. up my back. I'm an old like man. you messed it up. You actively messed it up, or yeah. it's just messed up now because you're old. Uh, both. I mean, I'm old, therefore it allowed me to actively what mess it up. What were you doing to mess it up? I were don't you, know. Like, That's what happens acrobatics? when you're old. Okay. <laughs> you have no idea. My back okay. is really bad now because my mattress is bad, but maybe oh. we'll talk about that later. Well, <laughs> I have... A, funny you mentioned that, Jake, uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Maybe like somewhere in the middle of this, but <laughs> but for now, um, uh, it, it's only important to say that my back was bad, therefore I woke up at 5 a.m. for no reason like an old person. Um, and... Uh, I must have been thinking, like, maybe it's, like, seven. Maybe I should get up. Maybe it's Idle Thumbs time. Maybe it's time for Idle Thumbs. And then I just immediately fell back asleep. And I had two hours to enter. As your bread to enter, Thumbs. To enter, yeah. Thumbs. <laughs> to enter. <laughs> and I dreamt that I walked in the door of this building, which is the Campo Santo office, and was, like, at Idle Thumbs. Like, it felt, to me, I felt like I was just walking <laughs> this in. This is, like, when the... Did you ever have dreams when you were in school that you went to school? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When I was really yeah. stressed out about a test, my mm-hmm. brain would just dream that I went to school and took the fucking test, and then I'd yeah. wake up and go, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta do that again. Yeah, like, oh, terrible. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, oh, I gotta tell this story again. <laughs> oh, I gotta do this stupid video game <laughs> yeah, podcast Talk about my again. dream again. Uh, <laughs> so I walked to the door, but everything was weird. So Nice. Uh, yeah. Classic. So, so <laughs> Classic dream. So in my dream, Campo Santo had released like 10 games at this point and oh, was the si- like the size and scale of like a large AAA publisher. So like there were hundreds of people in the office. Like there were all of these new people that like Jake was introducing me to and he was saying like, oh, this is like Schmirkenburp and, and like <laughs> shake his hand and he was like, most I am employee. so happy to work here. <laughs> like this is like, this is like minion number 600 and, and, and I was, was just minion. meeting all of these people. <laughs> Our two star employees, Schmirkenburken and Minion 600. <laughs> and, um, Don't fuck with Minion 600. Right. Yeah, but then it got really weird, though, because I said something about, like, hey, I'm really excited to play your next game. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? Don't, ta- don't say that in front of Jake. And then you took me aside and you were like, 
Jake got fired yesterday. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but he's still introducing you to Schmirkenberg. Yeah, he was still introducing. He was still like, yeah, because he was still working there. Like there was like a two week period where, oh, that's I, or at least I'm assuming that's the way it worked. I don't know how. We're giving you your two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Keep working, but eventually you won't be allowed to. <laughs> oh man. Um. And so I, I, I got like really sad, and I went into the podcast recording room, which was kind of like the older Campo uh, Idle Thumbs podcast. Ah, oh, the, the dumpier small, the one, smaller right? One. But it was <laughs> got just, downgraded. It as was Campo basically Santa that drives, right? But it was it was a fancier, like more upscale version of that. Mm. So I was sitting in like a really fancy sort of like Victorian, so like couch. a nice dumpy couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> no, like a really nice okay. like Victorian couch with like. It looked like a hitman level, like like the first hitman level, but it was like Except our in a birth- tiny room. Podca- it was like where these paintings should be hung. Um, and so I was like laying on this couch and I was just like so depressed that Jake was going to be fired. And we- I was wow. like, you guys hadn't been like you were doing other things in like the other room. And I was just like waiting on the couch. And I looked up and there was this penguin, the stuffed penguin. And it, for some reason, my brain was like, oh, this is this is where it gets really weird. I was like, oh, this is like the cap, you know, that uh, game studio Capybara or Capybara. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, oh, that's the ca- the they must have had an event here because that's their like mascot. Even though the name of their studio is literally an it's animal, literally an that, animal is that is not a penguin. Not a penguin. But so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, they must have had an event here. This studio must have been acquired by Campo Santo. And so, like, I, in my in my dreams, like, Campo <laughs> why it's nice. was just, like, acquiring studios and, like, just turned into this insane conglomerate. And so I took this penguin and, like, I was so sad and tired, I just rested my head on this penguin. And then I sort of just mumbled, like, are you guys ready to do the fun cast? <laughs> and then you walked in and that was it. That was the end of the dream. It was, like, the start of the podcast. Oh, now here we are. And then, and then I woke up the and I was cast. late to the podcast. <laughs> I started the fun cast. What anyway. if right now the door to this studio opened and Minion 600 walked out? <laughs> I can still see his face, too. Was Minion 600 a Minion? I asked that earlier, but <laughs> no. I noticed. Uh, <laughs> you can still see no. his face. What did he look like? Can, if, Just sort of a What generic. if I spun this monitor around right now and it had, like, the Fallout character <laughs> creator on it? I was like, please, let's do a reconstruction of Minion 600. I could do it. I could do it. Maybe by not the end of the podcast, I'll, the I'll work on it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Head not round enough. <laughs> <laughs> too many eyes. I guess minions can have up to two eyes. Oh, yeah. I think that there's one and two eyed minions. I don't really. Mm. Don't, You'll know in the I, future. I'll, I'll, know, when, when I, I'll tell you when I hire one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that turns around and fires you. <laughs> <laughs> My own undoing was hiring yeah. a minion. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Minion I, 600 is like. The perfect genetic minion. <laughs> it's like it's like right. Agent Forty Seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Minion Six Hundred doesn't fuck around. <laughs> when you hire Minion Six Hundred, you better be able to to handle it, because yeah, the slightest mistake, it'll all it'll <laughs> come back on you. I just now all I think of, which I imagine is the obvious thing to think of, is the like Terminator Two trailer with the machine, but it's just stamping out fucking minions. And then, just, <laughs> then for some reason, it results in I don't even know what the perfect minion is. It's uh, just a capsule collider. Yeah, Con- consult Nick's <laughs> dreams. Yeah. Anyway, well, well, welcome to thanks corporate headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Anyway, that was a strange, strange dream. Yeah. So you guys played games. You played Owlboy. 
I heard. Yeah. You yeah. played. I don't even know what this is. Owlboy. I, I feel it like until I yesterday. Oh, okay. Apparently, this game's been in development for like our entire lives. I will hmm. say it's. I think it's <clears> been <throat> about nine years. And um, having well, played nine, so oh. So having what? Minion 600 is only three months old, being born <laughs> in a vat and is still better at your job than you. So <laughs> fucking owned. Um, meanwhile, I'm 36 and feeling old as fuck this week, but I don't want to... <laughs> oh, yeah. You just turned 36. I feel real old. Yesterday. Two yeah. days ago. Three days ago. I've been making video games for 10 years, which is not very long, but is also a long time. But also I started when I was 26, which is old, and now I'm real old. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> Good job. I'm a skeleton now. So it's okay. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about Owlboy. Yeah. Oh, it's Dishonored Halloween. And oh my God, is it Dishonored Halloween? No, we missed it. Or it's next week. Who's to say? Yeah, I think. Maybe it's next week because that's when Dishonored 2 comes out. We should just call it yeah, this year. Probably. In They're celebrating Dishonored Halloween by releasing Dishonored 2. It's Dishonored yeah. 2 Halloween. Uh, slightly that's, different. That's A uh, little different take. <laughs> um so anyway, to get back to me feeling old, I'm going to start off by saying I've played a couple hours of Owlboy and I'm not entirely sure what this game is. Me too. Okay. Good. The youth are with me. Uh, Chris, also an old person. (laughs) I mean, for me, that reaction is in large part because, and this is something that, I mean, unfortunately, this is a classic case where this game came out like so soon to when we recorded the podcast that it's hard, it's hard for us to have played as much of it as I want. But the entire time I played it, I felt like I was still in the sort of intro tutorial. I've been waiting, quote unquote, for the game to start, and I and I I've I'm ways in, and I can't tell if it if it ever if this is what it is or not. And I'm sure I'm sure that like is the whole thing kind of a scripted like narrative? It's it's hard to tell because Owlboy. Yeah, what is it? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Owlboy is a two D game that is sort of structured like a platformer except that you are an owl boy you're a you're a sort of anthropomorphic owl you can f- actually fly around and you spend the majority of the game flying you're only on the ground from time to time so it's sort of the the world structure is kind of a metroidy maze built out of these sort of curved organic feeling rocks that mm. uh, are like like the floating rocks in avatar the movie mm. <laughs> or something okay um Fictionally, it's some. It's like uh, a bunch of floating islands that are sort of slowly drifting apart. So there's little structures on them. There's stores and people's houses and whatever else, and caves that you can go in that are inside bigger rocks. But um, you know, and so from a glance, it seems like it's maybe a Metroidvania where you fly, uh, with emphasis on exploring and sort of the, the number of enemy encounters seems to be relatively low, and they're not mm-hmm. super crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've I've hit some bosses but they're also not super crazy yeah like i like that it's really lightweight and that it's like it's more about the atmosphere of being in this world which is really it's all it's all pixel art but and it is incredibly detailed it feels like uh at least the background plates feel very like miyazaki-esque except Mm. except pixel art like it it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a direct descendant of like Square or of right. like Secret of Mana or you know yeah, like oh, there's yeah. a lot of games like this that or Metroid that just feel like they're modern uh, old 16-bit games brought forward. It feels it feels a little bit more like it's its own thing, um, but it it also feels very much like it's informed by old adventure games or something like that to me or like um, just the story parts of something like Mario RPG or like uh, Mario and Luigi. Right, uh, or on like 3DS. a square RPG, which yeah. is what those were inspired by. Yeah, it sort of feels the like... The tone feels more like a, like a Mario RPG as far as the way the dialogue's sure. written and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like what if, what if that was how the whole adventure game story was told, but without any of the RPG combat. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like the 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 art is rendered in a way that like when you're inside of a shop, it feels more like Monkey Island or something than an RPG to me. And they've they've done the thing now where. It literally has the cutaway to the villain whenever you accomplish something big, which feels like a total old uh, mm-hmm. old adventure game thing. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much there's so much story and so many places where it'll just suddenly cut into dialogue that you're like through that I I can't tell if there's ever going to be a point where the game is just uninterrupted. I'm exploring and solving mm-hmm. stuff, or if their whole <clears throat> deal with this is. Right, it's it's a like a very single track narrative, narrative yeah. thread inside of the sort of the trappings of of, yeah. of a Metroid where you can fly around, and it's kind of frustrating because the st- the story that's happening to me is not really like worth mm. constantly interrupting your flying around and doing actual things because it's you know it's like oh no there's pirates now like. Oh, like everyone thinks you suck. Like there's a lot of like mm. you're a shit ass owl boy and like everyone tells you how garbage Weird. you are and like your mentor thinks you're like a piece of shit and that that reduces after the first sort of loop, I know. loop of, yeah. of stuff. It's pretty hilariously relentless for the first like 45 minutes of mm-hmm. that game. <laughs> it's really weird. But but anyway, uh there's just a lot there's just a lot of interruption mm. and it's it's it it's sort of like increasingly chipped away at my resilience to like my my desire to want to keep playing the game um i don't know i hope that it stops a little bit or like reduces i i would like i I feel like this game is uh, jake as you said is like it's very beautiful and i like the game systems there's a cool thing where you can you have a buddy who has a gun and you can carry him around in your talons and basically just control his aim with the mouse, or I assume with the right stick if you're playing a controller. I don't know. I'm playing with a mouse keyboard. But yeah, okay, it yeah. turns into basically a twin stick shooter when you're carrying that person around. Yeah. And if you don't mm-hmm. have him, you you have to drop the other person to pick up health, which are buried in the ground, sort of like uh, like, like, the, root like the, the root vegetables in Mario 2. <laughs> um, or you can pick up various like weights to solve a puzzle where you have to put it on a pressure plate or mm-hmm. you know you can pick up some enemies and you can just you know picking up and carrying things is what you do but right and so you can like split between two pressure plates that have to be pressed simultaneously by like dropping him on one and standing on the other one then you go through and you have a little device you can use to instantly recall mm. him so like there's you know there's good kind of <clears throat> plot puzzle platformer and stuff the the inventory screen in in the style of these games implies that there's going to be other characters right. that you can also yeah. meet and pick up along the way. It's got the Zelda style, uh, uh, cool. you yeah. know, interface uh, inventory screen. inventory where it's like teasing you. At yeah, what you're, we're we're both very early. I read um, I read John Walker's review at Rock Paper Shotgun, and it implied that there's more going on in this game than we are aware of right oh, now. I'm sure, there is. Um, I just but, wish it got into it a little faster yeah. because uh, again, like it's just not. Like, on the one hand, the story, as you say, like, told in this sort of charming 16-bit RPG style, it is kind of, like, quaint and fun, but also, like those games, it's such a lightweight story Mm -hmm. that I don't know what the point of having so much of it is. You know, like, it just feels totally unnecessary to me. It's like, you can pretty much figure out what's going on by just playing, by, like, the stuff that actually happens in the game. I wished partway through, which is, and this is a shitty like armchair design thing I guess but if if they wanted all that dialogue in the game 
I wished that there was a less modal way of delivering it. Like, if they really were like, we have to have all the characters say these things all the time, if those text balloons could come up in a way that didn't force your characters to, go, to like, get blocked. Lock in place. Like, block into yeah. cutscene position and then make you beep, beep, beep back through it. Like, if that stuff could be functionally running subtitles through those moments in the level, they could probably get away with that a lot more than they do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean. Well, your character also doesn't talk. Yes. So it's like people are just talking at him. Yep. Always. Or for you. Uh, you uh, I was given the option to respond once so far by way of choosing uh, an emote. Mm. <laughs> Someone asked if I wanted to do something or not, and I got like a stern face or a happy face, and depending <laughs> on which one I pressed, the character sort of went, like made a big grin. Uh, so, you know. So you're enthusiastic. You were into it. I, were, I wanted to hear whatever that was, or I wanted to go wherever they wanted. I don't remember. And there was also a place... Uh, where we, um, because this is what you do in games now, we stopped for the night to uh, at a campfire, at a bonfire that mm. was that was out in the level. But then, it's I think that it refilled my health. I don't remember because I may have had full health at the time. But that was also an opportunity for more dialogue, uh, and that was an actual dialogue tree where the character says, "Oh, I know all these things about the world. What do you want to hear about?" And then you can ask about like five different things. And I said, "I just want to go to bed," <laughs> um, because yeah, I'd, I'd heard a lot of dialogue, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It's if you are a person for whom listening to text-based dialogue doesn't seem like it will immediately grate on you, I still definitely recommend looking looking at it and playing this game because I don't think there's a lot of stuff like this being made no, right now. No, there's not. I mean, it is. It's. It kind of reminds me of Shovel Knight, not in that it plays the same, but in that it's a rare example of a new uh, kind of 16-bit throwback platformer that actually still feels modern in its design because it synthesizes a bunch of different kind of classic elements with just stuff you can do now easily without worrying about the uh, console constraints that those games had. Yep. Um, like, Jake, you played a lot of Shovel Knight. I mean, I did too. I did. Uh, did I you mean, play I, that, Nick? No, I never did, actually. Yeah, it's just <clears> like, it's you know, it's another example of just a good modern game that is is like heavily rooted in kind of nostalgic... 90s console platforming stuff, but... Like does early 90s, though. Like, 90s platforming could also be Crash Bandicoot. Oh, that's true. Right, <laughs> yeah. Pre... pre <laughs> 2D CD, 90s. Pre-64-bit. Um, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, it's just... It's cool to play something like that that's just really polished and really well thought through. Yeah. So, you know, I, despite... Oh, I... The the third one that's kind of in this mix, even though it's not a platformer, is uh, Hyperlight Drifter. But unlike both Shovel Knight and Hyperlight Drifter, Owlboy does not seem to be brutal because both both that's Hyperlight true. Drifter and Shovel Knight, especially Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah, well, yeah, I got I eventually got to a point in Shovel Knight where I could not oh, okay, progress yeah. anymore, and yeah. I still like had at least a third of the world map to go, if right, not more, because right, that right. game is humongous. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I guess Hyperlight Drifter just yeah, beats no, you Owl up from Boy the get go. Is much more gentle. Yeah, yeah. Owlboy seems like it's just it's more about exploring and playing around with this stuff. I mean, maybe we've I've only unlocked like a fifth of the inventory mm-hmm. screen, so Owlboy could also I mean, end up getting yeah. intense. But I it do, doesn't I, feel like the systems that it has don't feel like. They're designed to be to put you in situations as brutal as those other games because it doesn't have a lot of the like really hair trigger kind of super yeah. crisp 
moveset that those other games do. I, the one way I could theoretically imagine that game getting really brutal is like since you can fly around, you could imagine like a bullet hell, a bullet hell, Alboy. Yeah, yeah, spe- yeah. yeah it, like it, yeah. it has that in itself by way of having the sort of twin yeah, stick. Like style there are bosses stuff. that shoot like lots of bullets at you, but it's not. It's just not that hard, really. Mm-hmm. At least not the stuff that's been in it so far. I um, also I like cool. the music in it a lot. Oh yeah, the music is cool. It's got like a full sort of soundtracky soundtrack with a lot of yeah, but kind n- of synthesized orchestral stuff. Not a lot of games go for that genre though of like No, it's got like a classic adventure score, like adventure movie mm. orchestral score. Oh. You know, as opposed to the modern version of orchestral which is just like big drums and choruses doing right. the same Yeah, this thing. is more like actual strings and woodwinds and things yeah. and hmm. I mean but in like a, played a by a robot. synthesized way yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. What can it's you cute do? it's good that's cool it's good yeah and it's really ex- like it's a really extensive soundtrack it's really there's a lot of it it sounds like yep oh yeah I'll Owl be boy. Nice. I'll be playing more of this game is Owlboy just on PC right now is it on other stuff that is a question that I don't know the answer to I don't know either. I, I played it on <clears> Steam <throat> it seems like the kind of game that was PC, yeah. that it's obviously made by someone who loves console games, so you know I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, going elsewhere. It says PC here, but yep. I don't know if they've talked about anything else. Yeah. Well, it's on PC for now, and uh, it's been in development for like a million years. Yep. Got people reporting on this game positively in 2013. It goes back even earlier than that. No, I, I know, but yeah. it's just like there were a lot of like I think big previews around then that yep. led people to believe the game was coming out yeah. fairly soon, and now it's been another three years. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there was a good article on Waypoint, which is Vice Vice's new gaming yeah. blog. Yeah, headed up by Austin Walker. Yeah, which uh, covers the ten year development of Alan. Oh, that's cool. I think it was written by Patrick Klepek, but I can't remember if no, that's I'd be true or not. To read that. Um, it's worth looking at. Yeah. And now I'm trying to find it so I can actually refer people to it. But I think if you just search for Waypoint Owlboy, you'll find it. Just search for Waypoint Owlboy. <laughs> <laughs> just search for video game, video game, video Operation game. Operation Waypoint Owlboy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exhausting 10-year journey to release Owlboy. Yes. Anyway. And it was by Patrick Klepek. Cool. It was by False Scoops Patrick Klepek. <laughs> False Scoops. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know, Nick. Do you have any any battlefield thoughts? Have our have any of our our owl boy thoughts jogged any profound battlefield thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for battlefields like you know tutorial uh, phase to be over. Uh-huh. Too many people talking. Too many cutscenes in the middle of my. Battlefield. I mean, I would entirely believe that in a uh, modern like well, historical actually, war game. People war say the game. single player. I should. I should. I should go through and actually play the campaign of this game because people say it's actually really well done in a way that these games are typically not known for. So I should. I should play the game. Is what I'm saying, Chris. Sure. Uh, but no, I'm playing. I'm just playing them. I, I. I think the last time I talked about this, it was just like the beta. I believe so I went out and I bought the game. Um, yeah. And. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I haven't played a shooty game in a long time. You know, like I haven't. I don't. I don't did know. You played Doom. I did play the single player. I yeah, never me, played me the too. multiplayer. Okay, so you're talking about a multiplayer. I'm, I'm talking about a multiplayer, like yeah. you know, I don't know, kill guys and, Twitchy and blood game. shoots out of their face, yeah. and you know, I mean, you didn't like play. You didn't play Overwatch this summer with the rest of the world. No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I played. I think some of the beta of that, but it didn't. It didn't grab me in the same okay. way that it grabbed yeah. a lot of people. Um. 
but yeah, I, I uh, it's really really good. I there, there there are just things that they're doing that are it's just super smart. And I, I noticed some of the things in the beta, but now I'm I'm kind of like uncovering more of those things. But then like I don't know, it's just. I, because I haven't played one of these games in a long time, like just having the round where I'm driving around as a tank and I went like 25 and 0 and I felt like I was like 16 again, which is like mm. the grossest high school football <laughs> fucking thing in the world to say as a nerd. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, oh man, I, I, uh, I remember back in the day I was, I was good. Sure, dad. Sure you were. Yeah, and then the, like, I was at the top of the leaderboard <laughs> like, when I was you know, 16. Medal of Honor. Those are my glory Meanwhile, days. Meanwhile, 2am, like kids asleep, go down to the basement with your mm. razor and just like, you know pretend that you're still 16 yeah that's basically what 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 no i'm just saying razor brand gaming brand no 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 there's a whole other whole other narrative that was happening in in yeah yeah that's not an adolescent memory to look back on fondly um jesus but with razor branded gaming gear right anyway uh but no, so this game actually, to me, it feels really close to what Battlefield 1942 felt like, which was just goofy stuff. Like, Battlefield 1942, for people who didn't play that game, it was it was the first game of the series. And you could do things like jump on, like, the side of a plane and yeah. just ride around <laughs> on it. And, you know, just, like, do stupid early internet, like, early multiplayer garbage yeah. that just, like, kind of defined that game. Like, it's crazy how ahead of its time that game was. It was really ahead of its time. Um I, I I can still remember just like moments of me playing that game, like just stupid stuff that happened, and it was hilarious and goofy and, and the best. Like kind of in the way that, like I feel like Team Fortress kind of synthesized that sort of stuff into an actual like mechanical. Well, it's, like it also smoothed it down, smoothed it down a little bit, right? But I mean, but, but like it did it in a Team very Fortress, like the original Team Fortress was also smaller in scope. But yeah, yes. I mean, post about like nineteen forty two was kind of the like high point of. That level of like indulgent mm-hmm. multiplayer insanity for a long time, yeah, and that that genre really sort of sanded itself down for understandable reasons to like for like stability and right. like performance and and stuff, but but also, you know, that was a a hilarious weird time. Yeah. So Battlefield One has a combination of stuff that is incredibly in your face and and. Um, Powerful, I guess, is the way I would say it. Like the fidelity also, of this game. Battlefield 1942 came out almost 15 years ago. Now. I know, yeah. So, Old guys. so you actually are thinking oh, yeah. back to your. Teen, oh no, I am. It's, it's years. super gross. Uh, <laughs> yep. But um, it it has. I guess not quite. It, no. What was it? Ninety. Well, nineties or no? Medal was, of Honor one was ninety nine, and I think Battlefield came out after that. Two thousand. It was two thousand two. Yeah. Oh, so so wow, you and I were okay. eighteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jake My college football years. So. I was thirty-two. No, <laughs> you're twenty-two. Yeah. Um, anyway, go ahead, Nick. No, but it, this game has a combination of things that, like, you would associate with a modern shooter, but it's doing it in a way that is actually crazy. Uh, like, I saw a post somebody linked on Twitter to a comment on some game site, and this guy was talking about how this is the first game that has actually like <coughs> triggered. He was a he was a veteran. He's a veteran oh, I of, saw this. of the Iraq War, and it's the first game that actually triggered um, uh, like a flashback, like a flashback him. for him. And I can understand why because there are moments in this game where I think part of it's the the graphical fidelity. I think a large part of it is the sound design, which is just amazing. Like the the dice sound. I mean, 
if, if anybody played like yeah, Star Wars is, Battlefront, yeah. I mean, just like whatever they had a sound library for that but it's still like they yeah, but that's nailed not that what shit makes it good. no it's not what makes it yeah good. you could and give a lot of people the star wars sound library yeah, yeah, and yeah, just that's get what muddy trash yep yep uh no they are top of the class like sound designers mm-hmm. and maybe um, dice should make a Hanna barbera game it's like the ultimate <laughs> oh, challenge man. like take the scooby-doo sound library and see, oh, God. And see if the... you can win a sound award for like a game where you make bongo noises when you run anyway <laughs> <laughs> final boss of, of audio implementers. God, I wonder uh, who invented really the running bongos. Some wacky 60s man. Oh, yeah. Some of those choices Some... are like absolutely inspired. I mean, they're ridiculous and they turn into cliches really quickly. But like the first person to think of putting bongos underneath a character, like a like cartoon character around spinning about wheels, like, yeah. that's brilliant. That's like truly br- Like who the fuck would think of that? That's ridiculous. A man in a room that had like a billion things. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, when you <laughs> have when you have like one like a, in a physical space, a tree made out it. of like fifteen bicycle horns. You're <laughs> yeah. the, you're like you're in the right zone to come up with that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Nick. The sound design in World War One replica <laughs> Battlefield One. Someone make this mod, please. Yeah. Someone right. please make. Oh, this, someone will make that the mod. audio mod. Oh my god. The like Hanna Barbera. <laughs> that whole that whole sound library has like, been available for Warner purchase Brothers. multiple right. times. Only yeah. when you sprint, though. I think. I think in Battlefield, like the Battlefield mod, where like you're just walking and it's fine, but then when you sprint, it does the bongos. Well, if you're walking slowly, it does it like doom 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 right. doom 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 yeah. doom. Yeah, you could do. You could go. You could take it really far. Yeah. Um, but it gets, it gets really hard when about? every character is emitting those sound effects, though. <laughs> that's where the mastery <laughs> well, see, comes in. Well, that's like in. one of those the macho true, man The uh, true, mods. like, max, like, see, this is, like, where the dice subtlety of audio mixing comes in. The true version of it would be that your stuff is almost always fully audible to you, but other people's oh, stuff is positional? only audible. Yeah, not just yeah. positional, but also based on, like, priority and importance mm. and, like, outrageous. Right, so, like, if something completely wacky happens yeah. up above you when someone ejects from a plane exactly, as they're flying right. past yeah. you, you better yeah. fucking hear the wacky sound effect yeah. that makes. Yeah. And it might even be different than what the person flying the plane and ejecting here. That's true. Because that's it's, true. it's a different emotion if it's you, whereas yeah. if it's someone right. else, it's like, hilarious. As they're, as they're coming towards you, as they, like, plummet to the ground from the ejector seat, it's doing like, the yeah. dive bomb, like, but they're not hearing that. They're hearing some like teeth chattering sound or something right or, like, right, right, right. What, who, like who knows what right or like a flexitone like yeah. So, yeah anyway <laughs> Chris maybe we should do this Nick <laughs> well you this, can't sorry they Nick, don't have mod support so this is what's giving people this is what's giving people fucking on uh it's, yeah, it's weird that this like chattering teeth uh, and the bongos yeah yeah bongos is giving someone flashbacks to war but I right I you know well you know. War, Sorry, war, is, war, is, war can be can be a war has thing. changed. War has sure is fully changed. <laughs> war has really changed, yeah. you guys. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I actually did want to hear what you said before I ruined it by put it by you saying it on this podcast. Um, I you're guess saying that this is a very realistic game. Uh, it can be. It can. Yeah. It, it is. It is the. It is the most realistic game and the least realistic game right. in two extremes, which is why I like it. Um, well, that's an interesting thing because that's only possible now. I know. Right? Like we've yeah. now reached a point where you can actually dis- yeah, like have really, really, really subtle yeah. visuals and audio and like the combination of all those things together. But also, obviously, fundamentally, it's just totally absurd. Yeah. So those moments are like kind of they're like um, serendipity, you know, within yeah. this like larger canvas of absurdity. Yep. Yep. There was a moment where I was sort of uh, there's this there's a map where there are no vehicles and it's it's this sort of intense forest thing where you're just it's like a hamburger hill kind of scenario where it's just there's a 
sort of a raised uh, hill area with a flag, and people are just running towards it the whole thing, the whole time, and it's just vicious. But then there are these paths around the outside of the level that have like sort of like uh, rundown shacks and things, and uh, but almost nobody takes those; they just go straight for the stupid flag. So I took one of those paths one time, and um, I had this like Saving Private Ryan moment where I saw a guy kind of just for like a split second, you know, just like a flutter of like a tree. And then he disappeared, and he was sort of—I could tell that he was kind of coming in my direction. But this shack was between me and him, and I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sneak into this shack, go up to the window, and then wait for him to like come in front of the window, and then shoot him through the window, and I'll be like really sneaky. So I like walked up to this window, and got in the shack, walked up the window, and I'm just looking through the window, and the window has like a perfect kind of like reflection sheen, and like you know the scratches in the window, everything just looks amazing, and the trees are phenomenal, and like everything. It's just like in that moment, it was like a perfectly realistic yeah. thing. And then I like I'm just like he's not he's not here. Where'd he go? And I turn to the right, and he's like right in front of me, <laughs> and then he charges me with his bayonet. And when they when you get charged with a bayonet in this game, it just it, it basically just like sucks you to the guy mm. in a, in an animation. Right. And so the effect of it was like a jump scare in a horror film, where like I just turned and he was like and just like stabbed me, and like he was in my face. You know, his face was in my face, and just blood flew everywhere. And I like hit the ground in first person, and I just like flew up out of my chair. I was like, holy shit! Fuck. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was insane! And then the next map, I was in a tank and I was shooting down bombers with my fucking tank gun. <laughs> and this guy was just like, "How are you doing this? I don't know how you're shooting down planes with a with a tank barrel." He was like, well, "I had this like dialogue with this guy because he was just like, what are you doing? This is wacky. How are you making this happen?'" And I just like managed to get good at that. And I was like 25 and 0 uh, on this, like leading the server, doing the most wacky, insane bullshit. Like just like no one's gonna ever jump scare me in a haunted house again. <laughs> Says grizzled Nick Brecken, tank commander. Like I drove my tank. I'm never leaving this tank. <laughs> Turn around inside tank. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like privates outside in a trench. Right. Legends say that once he was ambushed in a haunted house, <laughs> he never left his tank again. But I was in this tank, and like people can spawn on top of you if you're in uh, your squad together. And can so, you shake them off? <laughs> no. <laughs> But, but, I mean, they spawn in the tank with you. Oh. And uh, so, like, they spawn into, like, the other gunnery positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the hilarious thing about the tanks in this game is they're, like, World War One tanks. So they're not, like, uh, elegant or efficient. or, or So when you're, like, a tank gunner in this game, your FOV is constrained to the size of like a like a like a 6-inch window. I'm impressed that they that they did they were oh, honest to that. It's almost unenjoyable to be one of those guys That's because good. you have like this much of a space, but then there are like six people in this tank and the tank of course just looks like a box. Right. And so it's this stupid thing where you're just driving around <laughs> in this dumb box and nobody can see anything and they're just shooting all the time because they can't see anything. <laughs> and so I drove this tank up this mountain which took like an hour because they don't go quickly, like, because they made them realistic, kind of. So you're just driving up this mountain for an hour, and I could tell, like, everybody, it was like a long car ride, right? Everyone was just like, come on, where are we going to get to the flag? Like, <laughs> we spawned on you, we thought you, you were like 25 and 0, because you shot down those bombers, we thought you were cool, but now we're just in this boring van, and I was just driving <laughs> up this mountain. I'm going to stop this tank right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And I got up to the top, and by the time I got up to the top, like, our team had already captured the flag, like, everything was fine, <laughs> You know, people were like having coffee and just we're like, here, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, hey, it's hey, us, the tank. yeah, right, yeah, we, we made it. And no, we already figured that out a week ago. And so I then had to like drive down off the <laughs> off the mountain, and they've just, you know, they've made it such that that's like basically impossible. But then they haven't done it where like 
you know, if your tank hits a rock, it explodes. Of course not. It's Battlefield. So we start, like, down the side of this mountain, and the tank traction just gives out. And we start to slide. <laughs> and the six people, I could just see the, the gun start to swivel a little faster, like, ner- <laughs> nervously, like, trying to look out the side of the tank, like, where are we going? I can't see. Because they lock you to first person when you're in the gunnery position. Right, but right. when you're driving, you, you can go to third. Ah. So I know what's about to happen. But all these people <laughs> oh, are just man, like, uh, that's where are we? They what? just see the <laughs> outside scrolling by a little bit. Yeah, faster. yeah, they're just like, a little bit faster, a little bit faster. A little bit. Oh, no, we're starting to tip. We're starting to tip. And then we just start to tumble, just oh, no. end over end. And then, then it's like for a second, it's like we're gonna recover. You know, like it, it seems like oh maybe the halo flip is a is this no no we're not gonna we're not gonna write ourselves and we just start to keep tumbling 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 and we hit like six hundred feet later we hit the ground and just barely teetered back up. Oh wow! And then there was a like bomber right in front of us and I just shot him right out of the sky. <laughs> oh, shit. And then like I think after that there was this crazy pileup of me like driving over other tanks. Because you can, like, they, they don't, like, stop the traction on objects. Like, everything is still simulated, so it lets you just do, like, So your tank stuff. works like it would in, like, a kid's toy commercial. Basically. So, like, <laughs> if you really work at it, you can just kind of climb up on another tank. And so there were, like, two tanks on top of each other. I mean, just, like, stupid bullshit. So, anyway, this game is, like, the best bullshit thing, but then also has these moments of just, like, terror and, like, right. you know, just battle awe, you know, just like just these insane moments of, of like something out of like Saving Private Ryan or something. But then it's also just like the goofiest, stupid shit. And I love it. It's, it's really like, good. It's like the freeze frame inset shots in a Ren and Stimpy episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Where you just get this moment of like hyper realism. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I guess that's all I have to say about that game. But eh, I keep playing it. Cool. <laughs> This also sounds like a story that would have been good had you streamed it. Yeah. But maybe it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, who knows? Hard to say. Heisenberg's streaming principle. It's true. Is once it's once true. the moment is observed, we can't... Yeah. It, uh, it changes it? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, and best way to make your very own website blog, portfolio, or online store. And if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. And if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name. Nice. Yes. So I just noticed an older tweet from Slowblade Systems, and it says, website is up. Thanks to Idle Thumbs for the Squarespace coupon. I will be posting development logs up on the site starting shortly. So because this tweet was posted a while ago and I only just now saw it, these development logs are there. So Slowblade Systems can be found at slowblade.systems, which is- Wow, hardcore. Extremely good. Very good, man. Very good indeed. Uh, A one-man indie game development studio currently working on a game called Aloft Airship Pioneers, and there are now a bunch of dev blog entries up on it. And yeah, it's cool. This is just, there's a a whole ton of uh, development blogs about the ongoing- creation of this game which is pretty cool and there's a newsletter you can sign up for and i'm looking at it on my phone obviously it works great on my phone squarespace is really handy for just quickly putting together a responsive website that works on any platform that has a web browser uh, really easily you can drag stuff around and it doesn't look like garbage it does not look like garbage it looks really nice and if you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code thumbs you can get 10% off your first order and get your own wacky free domain name if you sign up for a year Squarespace.com with the offer code, thumbs. Video game. 
This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Casper. Casper manufactures really comfortable and affordable mattresses and mails them directly to your home. If you go to casper.com slash thumbs and also use the promo code thumbs at checkout, you will get $50 towards any mattress purchase. And I know for a fact that Nick Brecken, you have done this yourself. I did this on Monday. Wait, really? Yeah. And it's already at your house? Yeah. That's actually really impressive. It's it is very impressive. I'm 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 shocked. Yeah, no. Remember it's being, it remember be... readers that we are recording this a day earlier than you're hearing That's it. That's true. Making this an even more impressive it's a two report. day delivery. Have you yet yeah, just very excited I'm very assured by the uh, money back guarantee. I'm very all of all of the features of Casper I I feel very You haven't yet experienced comfortable the, with however you haven't experienced <laughs> its rise from the box yet though. Right, right. That's the next phase. You should yes. you should I'm on the precipice. It. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Good. Let's see that periscope Good. of you watching your Casper mattress yeah. uh, emerge from its shipping materials. Yeah. I'm actually kind of curious. I'm I'm uh, maybe I should stream it actually. It'd be hilarious. It'd be a good way to start the stream of, yeah. of something else. Of anything? Yeah, just That's a, a good just idea. A, yeah, pre-roll of, of of a Casper exploding in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I'm I'm super pumped. I'm I have a I, as as mentioned earlier in the podcast, my back hurts, and so I'm really excited to have a new mattress, and uh, I will report back. What size did you get? I got a queen. Um, Casper mattresses are very, very, very reasonably priced. They start at five hundred dollars for a twin size mattress, eight fifty for a queen, nine fifty for a king, other sizes. But in then between. take fifty dollars off those yeah. prices. Take it yes. off when you go to Casper.com/thumbs and use the promo code thumbs. And then take it off and lie in that mattress and be comfortable like Nick Brecken is soon to be. When you lay down on your new Casper mattress, you can imagine what it feels like to have Nick Brecken laying down next to you on his <laughs> new Casper mattress. You probably wouldn't even feel that he's there. Uh, I might be but there. But you would hear you him. Don't but know. yeah, you might turn to look next to you and he is there and then you're stabbed with a bayonet and it's horrifying. <laughs> But it's okay. Then you and that mattress go rolling around shooting planes out of the air uh, in your dreams. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Casper. Yeah, thanks, Casper. <laughs> Casper.com slash thumbs with the promo code thumbs. That was getting into like motocross or like monster truck. Yeah. Casper.com slash thumbs with the promo code thumbs. <laughs> thumbday, thumbday, thumbday. We'll give you 100 days, but you'll only need one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. Oh, hi. Oh, hey. Hey! Hey there. Hey! So, there. Jake, you and I, I know, have both played a bunch of the new iOS version of Mini Metro. I have as well. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. No. Which came out, uh, I mean, I'd played a bunch of it on Steam in, I, I guess, early access. I want to say like a year or two ago yeah, at this point. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. I've been waiting for Mini Metro to come out on mobile forever because I it, it seemed like the sort of game that I would play on a phone more likely than I would sit at a desk and play but maybe, sure. I don't know um, yeah so this is a game it is a sort of real time really tiny little strategy slash management game where you are uh, designing a like municipal subway like a metro system uh, in the style of the classic London underground uh, tube map like the just like the totally classic like 45 degree angle color colored routes map that is increasingly a standard by which other transit maps are designed. And you're like, as stations sort of just pop up on a city map that's really simple, just consists of like white land and blue 
like rivers and other water features. Uh, and you have to, and then stations just pop up um, on the map and you have to connect them uh, with, with your existing with, with system. Routes. Yeah. yeah, you have to like draw routes between them uh, and then passengers will spawn in and need to get to other stops. Like some stops are triangles and some are circles and some squares and passengers are also shaped like those various shapes. They're shaped so like the destinations have, they want to get to. Exactly. So you have to connect all these stations in such a way that allows all of the passengers to get where they're going without letting them pile up at any given station too long and sort of eventually overcrowd and uh, and cause your system to fail. And so this game is, you can pause it, but it's largely just happening as as the game runs. You know, it's, it's so you're, you're kind of always scrambling. It's not like a... Uh, a Sim City or something where the game is like where there's a lot of sort of just leisure time. Like in this game, you're you're basically always under the gun trying to like slam more routes in to uh, take into account all the new stations and passengers you have. Um, uh, it's a really just sort of very simple, elegant. Oh, game and the game ends when one of your stations gets so overcrowded and underserved that right. it when they start getting clogged up, a timer starts, and if one of them, if the timers fills all the way up then you lose Mm -hmm. yep and that's like that's the whole game it just does that until you lose basically um and it's a good game it's a weird game kind of like there's a fundamentally weird like argument or sort of premise of this game which is it's a game that clearly loves public transit design and metro design and like the they're all the maps are actual real cities that have real metro systems except for i think auckland which is the last one which the description makes it sound like auckland doesn't actually have a metro system it says design the hypothetical mm-hmm. auckland metro but all the other cities are um based on cities that actually have you know full full-scale um metros I uh, wish that I wish that San Francisco. Yes, I know. In the San Francisco one, stations will actually spawn up in the North Bay, where, as any mm-hmm. Bay Area resident knows, no subway goes there uh, for stupid reasons. Yeah, for stupid NIMBY reasons. Um, so, uh, yeah. But anyway, so it's cl- and 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 each map, each like. Um, you know, little tiny, like one sentence description of each city map has some little detail about the city. You know, it's like uh, in Hong Kong, it says something like, you know, connect this like dense network and account for like frequent population booms and things like that. I mean, each each city has some little bit of flavor that speaks to either like that city's real metro system or some like feature of the local of the actual topography are or the design. Tra- are the train right. speeds also different city to city? Because I know one I think of them. The speeds one of them and sp- capacities are okay. That's a, yeah, yeah. Because like Osaka has uh, two. Like every city has just you can add additional trains to a given line, but Osaka also has. The Shinkansen, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's the bullet train system that connects all of Japan's major cities. And so you can add regular trains, but also like a smaller number of these Shinkansen trains, which go a lot faster oh, interesting. than the regular okay. trains. Yeah, I don't know if you've played a second. I feel like that that's far. new. I haven't, I haven't gotten that far on the, on the mobile version, but well, I, have you I played completely that city? destroyed that specific the... city? Yeah, I completely oh, okay. wrecked the PC version of this game, but I, I don't right. think that was included uh-huh. then. I think they've added some some newer things. I've noticed that... like um, There's a lot of stuff that's added since I played it. Yeah. You yeah. can drag routes to new cities a lot more easily now. You can sort of just like stretch out 
routes instead of having to without having to backpedal them. Yeah, yeah, you can just like grab the middle of a route. Well, you can always do that. Oh, maybe not not when I last played it. Maybe you played it really early. Yeah, 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 I I must have. Anyway, um, so to to like cap off my sort of point, like this game was clearly made by people who really like this stuff and love the design of these maps and and are interested and like sort of bothered like researched all these different cities and recreated these cities and their sort of hypothetical alternate version of, of metro maps but also it depicts a future in which every single city's mass transit is doomed to failure after like weeks it's like a weird it's like <laughs> a weird reality in which can the construction of public transit is impossibly efficient well, like you can just like just instantly spawn in new lines and stations and like take it like respond to your citizens needs like instantly but your citizens are so fucking unforgiving that the second one station gets too crowded the entire thing is just like shut down and all funding is pulled which is just like oh it's a weird world that this game is positing uh because my you know like my longest running metro system was like three months or something you know during which i created like just an impossibly massive sprawling beautiful yeah, network you have to almost then, think about each week as being like 15 years or something yeah i, yeah. I kind and, of wish that they adjusted the the time scale um, but then the trains would be like moving in stop motion speed you know it's, it's really tough yeah it's, yeah they're simulating two different things which is people riding individual trains on a given day and then also the growth of a system that should take a century right yeah. Do you guys play this on the mode where um, you're locked into your decisions ever? I haven't yet. Oh, I see. That's that's my favorite mode. I and wanted actually, to play through all the cities first. Yeah, yeah. On PC, I played a ton of this game, and I, I just eventually kind of moved into that mode because it's it's just more challenging. And mm-hmm. um, but it does it does slightly more. I mean, it, you know, it gets a little bit closer to what actually like building a system like this is because you're you can't make a mistake. Like you have to right. just be thinking ahead as much as you possibly can. Um, it actually made me think while I was playing it that uh, it'd be really interesting if a game like a SimCity or like a City Skylines uh, was just accounting for that in a much more hardcore way than it ever does, right? Like, I think it's I think it's actually like that mode in this game is really interesting to me because it doesn't it forces you to to think in a way that when you're just laying down road and stuff in cities, uh, you don't really like, or some city, like you don't, Mm -hmm. you you don't ever think like, Oh, tearing this road up is going to be a problem. But I can tell you uh, living on a street that is being torn up right (laughs) now, that it is a, like they're tearing up three streets, uh, three sections of, of three, three blocks. And it costs $5 million and it's taking six months. So, so, well, just look at the one tiny little additional subway line they're building in San Francisco right now that goes like less than a mile. It goes like a mile or something or maybe two miles. And it's, it's, it'll have been like, of the full decade by the time that thing is done. I really want to play the version of a city builder that just takes all that into account where you have to lay things down and then pulling anything up is just ex- exorbitantly expensive. A, a city builder just, that has a like a blue, blueprint planning yeah. phase that then you commit to and then it gets executed and you have to like... Because there are systems in, in real city management, I imagine at least, that you... That you do adapt in real life. There would be the equivalent of manipulating them on the map, but then there's ones that you have to just build in the abstract first, commit to, and then just be like, okay, we're going to just watch this shit get laid down right. oh, in a horrible... Over years. Over yep. years and yep. just go, oh! <laughs> like, yeah. See, see yeah. I, I kind of wished for a different thing when I was playing this game. I kind of wished for something that was as simple and elegant as Mini Metro, mm. but takes place over a longer time scale and has softer failure states. Oh, like, I think it would be interesting to have... Um, 
instead of like your entire system just being thrown in the trash can when one station fails, like maybe have a more localized failure state that's like that station uh, fails and there's some penalty that happens to you for some time. But I, I, you know, as I as is often the case when I talk about these about any kind of economic or planning game on these podcasts, like my preference is always for this sort of longer term less failure oriented game where I can just like enjoy the thing for hours and kind of just like tinker with my little clockwork simulation. And I don't really want to like have ever, I don't want to have combat. Like I don't want to have to worry about like crazy, Mm. like game ending failure states. I just want to like manage an increasingly complex system, which is, I mean, in life it's very rare that like a city will just like straight up, Instantly yeah, no, fail overnight. You should play. Um, this is a stupid thing to say, but you should, if you've never played it, you should play Railroad Tycoon. Oh, Railroad Tycoon. I yeah, haven't actually played it. Like the second Railroad Tycoon, I think you would really enjoy. Okay. It is that, yeah. but on the scale of the United States, like the continental <laughs> right. United States, yeah. and you can fail, but it's it's pretty difficult, as I recall, and it's really just a very lax game where it goes throughout the eras, and you're slowly sort of building routes and watching your trains go around the country, and that, like that's cool. Managing that cool. like supply and demand, you know, you have some cargo trains, you have some passenger trains, you have to sort of decide like between like you know how much of uh, you know how many mail cars on each train and you know on this particular route, like it's very. Uh, uh, micromanagement-y and, and it's, yeah. It it's, feels it's, like Mini Metro could get to a halfway point pretty quick, though, if you did something like what Chris was saying, where if you have those stations where the bar fills all the way up and they turn red, and then the longer those sit there or the more stations you have, like, customer dissatisfaction rises to the point that you're fired or something. You know, I mean, mm, like, sure. just something that would let you yeah, have, have to, a bunch you, of you those have things starting to... have a few of those accrue before you finally lose. Yeah, so you have a chance yeah. to go in and, like, right now... Yeah. Right now, there are situations where you just can back yourself into such a corner that you're just fucked. Like, if you don't get additional tunnels early enough, if you don't keep a tunnel, one one tunnel or one bridge in the bank, mm-hmm. sometimes you'll have a point a where the game... will spawn on an island you can't get yeah, to. Yeah, and then you're just yeah. like, I literally can't do anything about this, and you just have... you just In know. those cases, what I often end up doing is, like, I will pause the game painstakingly destroy my entire system which you basically have to do stop by stop and line by line can you do modifications when the time scale is paused yes redraw the entire thing yeah and then press play again and then it like and and that That feels to me yeah but the but i mean as you say there are cases where yeah you're just fucked if you don't do that no yeah it's like i would rather have my system continue than not continue so the game sort of pushes me if i'm not playing on the sort of hardcore mode nick was talking about then the game i feel like sort of pushes me into that and i i guess it just speaks to my like what i want out of that game maybe more than what the game is because the game is like essentially a score attack yeah right the game is not meant to be a long-term simulation so obviously i'm not really criticizing the game for what it is it's just that the thing the game is makes me imagine a version of it that's that's a bit longer term than 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 the 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 one that is shipped but it's still a really good elegant simple game. I mean, part of the, I mean, I think the reason the game is like this is because it's very intentionally like the most elegant version of this design. And it probably is that like, it is really impressively um, like sort of elemental and, and straightforward. And I I really appreciate that because it's hard, it's hard to design something that clean and, and carefully scoped. Um, I just wish that it wasn't, I just wish that I didn't start every single game knowing that like, Within ten minutes of now, this cool thing I make will be destroyed. Yep. Do you guys? You guys both know Claire Hoskins. Yeah, yeah. She's um, for 
she's a like she's studied a bunch of architecture and urban design and she talked at GDC at the level design in a day the thing this last year she posted her first ever mini metro level because you can you can uh, post time lapses of, of your levels on iOS to mm. uh, to Twitter and she said I tried to follow real planning principles of having a super interconnected network. I don't know if it worked, but I got up to 1,400 passengers on my first round. <laughs> and like looking at this thing is just, it shows that apparently if you actually pay attention to how subway planning should work and you've actually studied urban design and then take mini metro on like oh yeah hers looked like way more of a real subway system than any of mine uh, yeah and i did, i was i was in the low hundreds on my first round but looking at that i went oh i guess if <laughs> if you do know how it's supposed to work you can apparently oh, yeah. get you yeah. can apparently walk into mini metro uh, out of the gate and i, and I got do, like oh, i've developed some strategies that i think are probably close to like what yeah, i mean just just really by cool. way of like not that I know anything about this stuff, but it sort of forces you to think like that and kind of teaches you. Yeah, what, same. What this Learning stuff. like when should lines be redundant? Mm-hmm. When should things be interconnected? How do you build transfer like stations that uh, transfer stations? Once you hit the point where you can make a make an actual like plop the transfer station on the on the thing that like, yeah. increases the speed of all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when it gets really interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. I my first my first one on the iOS one was like twelve hundred points, but that's because I had played a bunch of it on like I yeah. It's not really a good because you played it on comparison because mm-hmm. I already knew how the game worked basically. But my thing looks like always looked like dog shit compared to what you just showed me that she made. Like yeah. that's a really no, that's I, a much yeah, mine nicer ends up, looking. Mine system. ends up just looking like when you put a bunch of cables in a bag. Like if you're like this is the bo- <laughs> this is the box where I'm going to keep all my old USB cables. Right, then you yeah. need one to pull it out. That's my subway map yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting more thoughtful about it. I sort of played through all the cities to unlock all the cities, kind of just playing in a basically haphazard way. And now that I'm going back and like intentionally playing some specific cities to try and improve like the, my lowest scores, I'm having to be a little better. I kind of, my initial approach was the exact opposite of the one she described, which was like, make the biggest possible like connected loop that I possibly can and then like plug holes when I have to. And you can get decently far doing that but there's a yeah. total upper limit I, for, to how efficient that'll ever be i initially erred on the side of more trains fewer lines Me all the too, time yeah. and now i'm like no 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 no, more no. lines more I, lines i, I always yeah. pump lines early you gotta pump those lines you gotta pump those lines lines and bridges no the well the bridges too that's the other that's the that other depends aspect. a lot also on the city on the layout. map yeah 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 but managing bridges and knowing when to to, to spend a bridge, basically, and when, yeah, yeah. when you know, like that stuff is really. Man, see, seeing Claire's thing makes me even more like desirous of a longer term version of this, because like by the end of her time lapse, it's like, wow, this is an amazing, awesome looking. Uh, right, transit but then one system. station age shit. Bye. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, wouldn't it be cool to like keep that running for a long time and like slowly add on? I don't know. I was in um, we Sarah and I were just like at. Escape from New York Pizza last night. If you guys know that, it's just on the mm-hmm. hate, and uh, and they have a a uh, New York City subway transit map from I think it was a 1985 update of a 1975 map. Mm. So it was accurate as of like March 1985. And having spent a lot of time in New York, and like um, it's it was really it was sort of amazing to see this map that was you know 30 years old and is such is such a similar like it looks obviously because um subway systems move slow like they they build slowly uh looking at this system it's like wow this is just what it looks like still basically now except for these subtle little changes and like the sort of mythical but possibly soon to be real second avenue subway that's been 
what's like happening. a century long right. like dream, um, which is not reflected on that this map we saw. We were looking at obviously, uh, but it was like it 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 is kind of amazing to see this system that has been you know a century plus in the uh, in the making and see this just like arbitrary timestamp of it mm. from a few decades ago and compare it to my knowledge of the system now. Uh, like subway systems are a crazy, it's a really crazy thing because they're like truly living history. Like they've now existed long enough that, that the, the, the major ones of the world, you know, um, New York, London, you know, places like that are, have existed longer than almost anyone currently alive. Um, and everyone just uses them day to day. And they're like this weird intersection of like the the past of a city, like New York City still has like two separate um, track systems that are just a weird artifact of like, like the two private, competing railroad companies. Yeah, the right. private railroad companies that like gobbled up all their competitors and then eventually were, were na- you know, I don't know what the term is for, I would say nationalized, but it's not because it's the city, not the country. But, right, you whatever. know, when they were absorbed by the city government um, and like that still has a huge impact on the way the subway works today in terms of like what lines can have um, car arrival predictions and which ones can't. Uh, And so it's like this weird just piece of like historical um, kind of currents and and like circumstance uh, that exists. And I just just love the like huge timescale of that and the historical perspective of it. And it would be like, Nick, you talking about the uh, what is it? Railroad Tycoon Two mm-hmm. is really appealing, but I love ci- like I love the city scale mm. stuff so much. Like I just love cities and right. You you want like, urban like history transport tycoon in the in the, in the w- actually I think it's supposed to be very good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's that's true. Okay, cool. But yeah, in yeah. the world of like microcomputer, minicomputer, mainframe, supercomputer, if you if we have mini metro, you want like mainframe metro or super metro. <laughs> uh, yeah. What if they put out a game called Super Metro? <laughs> <laughs> super Everyone should know it's like a supercomputer. Like this is a mini computer. I'm ma- true. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine a strange person made mini metro. If that's what I imagine their brain does. <laughs> I guess I imagine You're I. You're imagining did it. yourself <laughs> literally right now. You are a super metro. I, At the end of the game, the train takes off its mask and it's Jake. <laughs> it's, it's, it's me, super metro. Jake as like Thomas the Tank Engine yeah. train, yeah. metro yeah. train. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Well, it sounds anyway, like you just want an endless mode to this game. I basically, really. I basically do. I honestly, for babies, basically what I because want. you're a baby gamer. I don't know. Yeah, I you're am a baby. A total, I am a total baby gamer. I don't know how that would work given you're the way the game's designed. Well, what you actually like, want what is what would happen. You want the, you want realism mode where the metro system once built fucking stays there no matter how shitty it that's is. That's exactly what I mean. That's like what my when I was originally well, bringing up the weird, hilarious consequence of this game. It's like God, if only like the consequences were this severe when when people get backed up at the train station. That's sure not how it works in my experience. Like, they don't... Get, it does not fucking matter one you need, bit. You need, you you need the, the mode in Mini Metro where you also unlock mattress guys who shove people into overcrowded trains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, Sarah kept... Like, we when we were in Tokyo, we kept hoping... Was she, hoping like, hoping that there'd be that, a mattress yeah, guy? Yeah, because it's such a hilarious thing that we oh, just, Oh, I've like, been shoved in, in Tokyo. Oh, you've had the shoved, in, shoved in, in, in Yeah, we didn't, we didn't ever... Oh, yeah. We, we didn't ever have an it's experience that was, would have even like, been close to that. Get in here. Yeah. What? Yeah, get in here. <laughs> yep. It's a good experience. <laughs> That's the one line that they're like officially allowed to say right, in yeah, English. Right, yeah, yeah. All the signs <laughs> like, say like, They can say yeah. anything in Japanese. Please but, get in here. But the only thing they're allowed to say in English is, ooh, get in here. <laughs> yeah, they could say it like in the lascivious way that like a lascivious Homestar Runner character would say mm. it. <laughs> yeah. It's just to like creep out uh 
non. It's to make you Tommy back Jones away. So to they don't ad. have to touch you. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, oh, I'll, I'll just wait for the next trade. I don't I'll know. pack I'll way just, closer right. to these other people who aren't saying, "Uh, get in here," <laughs> uh, and you can just stay outside the train. <laughs> anyway, Mini Metro. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I think it's what a few dollars on yeah iOS. I can't remember anymore. And but, it's also on Steam. and it's on Steam. Yeah, and I actually kind of think I would. I, I might go back to playing it on Steam because. On iOS, it's an it's an entirely like sort of just one finger drag and and drop game with the touchscreen, and it has the an issue that a lot of mobile games have for me that involve really fiddly uh, touch control, which is that your finger covers up yeah. the thing that you're trying to do. Yeah, this game. So when you have a lot of stations all next to each other and you're trying to like redrag a line from one to another, like the amount of times that like. I whoops! Instead of grabbing the thing, I grabbed the actual train car. Whoops! I actually grabbed this like the other colored line that's like one pixel away yep. from the one I met. Like it's, it gets probably really great annoying. on an iPad Pro or on a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Also on a computer though, like this game, like part of the like late game strategy. Of this game is for sure always pausing a lot and yeah. and being able to slap spacebar. Spacebar. I know. That's a big. There's deal. a really like that's tiny annoying choice they make, which is when you click the. Uh, clock uh, oh the animation to down, yeah to bring down the like mm. pause fast forward play menu it sort of like bounces down in a cute little way but, like, but bounces down one icon at a time yeah but it's mm. like just give me the button so i can press pause like why are you doing this to me uh you can there's an option in the options you can enable that lets you turn off just like tweened transitions and a lot of the actual in-game stuff but you can't turn off the stupid bouncing menu mm. which is really irritating um, the interface in this game is really nice and clean, but that is a baffling choice. Yeah. Anyway, it is still really cool. Mini Metro. You can get it on Steam. You can get it on iOS. I don't know if it's on Android or not. Um, I will look up the yeah. answer to that. But it's a, it's a good game. It's a totally good game. I um, All of my like wistful uh, desires are sort of inspired by this game, but I totally understand why this game works the way it does. And it's a, it, it, it works really well as essentially a score attack. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's in the Google Play Store. Okay, cool. So yeah, Android, iOS, and Steam. All right, you want to do some reader mail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, before I get into reader mail, oh. a couple uh, cool updates about oh. stuff. So there are two uh, sort of holiday season Idle Thumbs community initiatives going on right now. Uh, one of these is Idle Santa, which happens every year. This is a really cool, like it's a classic Secret Santa. Thing that the Idle Forums hold, um, and you can, if you search for Idle Santa on the Idle Forums, uh, you will find a thread where you can uh, send a private message to the person who created the thread and sign up to send a gift to a randomly selected Idle Forums member and also receive a gif- gift from another randomly selected Idle Forums member. So it's just a fun forum-wide gift exchange that's been going on uh, for years, I forget when it started on the forums, but it's been it's been going on for a while, and it's just a really fun tradition. I signed up this year actually for the I've never done it before because I'm an asshole, um, but I signed up this year because uh, it just seems cool, and I like that the forums just sort of put together all of this uh, these just like fun community events. And speaking of fun forum organized community events, Idol the uh, Wizard Jam four is coming up. So this is replacing, this is like changing the pattern from what was previously the winter wizard jam. This is now just folding all wizard jam concepts into just a 
just a, a mainline number. So Wizard Jam, Jam is just now, I guess, a thing that happens every six months instead of Wizard Jam, then Winter Wizard Jam. They, right. Instead of naming it by year or season, it's now just like, it's this is the fourth Wizard Jam that has yep. happened. What is Wizard Jam? Wizard Jam is a uh, community-organized and run game jam in which you make a game in a couple weeks uh, based on any Idle Thumbs episode name. And... Uh, yeah, as Chris said, this is the fourth one, and the last three have been very good. We streamed a bunch of games from Wizard Jam 3 uh, a couple months back, and the output of the Idle Thumbs community in these jams is it just you're floored by how ridiculous mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and hopefully the – I think uh, – I, I, I didn't follow – Jake, you probably followed the sort of decision to rename and number more closely than I did, but I, I would hope and sort of expect that one of the things that would achieve is making – the kind of just convention of the of the jam like a little more intuitive and easier to understand and maybe like I could totally imagine this eventually just getting folded into the sort of not folded into but sort of um, uh, in the way that like Ludum Dare or, it mm-hmm. has just been going on for ages with a number like it's easy to just kind of figure out what that's about and get into it quickly without worrying about like the nuances of how the rules are different for the winter jam. Yes, they, the they wanted they wanted Wizard Jam to become simple where it's just these these bizarre names across Gattle Thumbs Network are the seeds for the games. And then other than that, I mean basically you have two weeks to make anything with that as the starter pack, as the rule every single time. And then they always introduce uh, diversifiers, optional diversifiers into the list where you can sort of choose to, you know, I, I can't remember any of them now, which is stupid, but they, um, like, I think one of them was put a director's commentary into your game or make a game about XYZ. So I think, like, theme it around a holiday is a potential diversifier for Wizard mm-hmm. Jam 4 that you can optionally choose to do, but it's not, like, this time the rules are you have to, we're all playing this. It's right. the, the top-level rule of all Wizard Jam games, or of all Wizard Jams is always the same. Um one goofy one that they're talking about this year that that I like a lot is the idea of there being a Wizard Jam cinematic universe as an optional <laughs> diversifier, uh, which is you like uh, incorporate elements from other like, Wizard Jam. Yeah, do an asset exchange with someone else, or like just yeah, because that was a thing that I think uh, happened kind of organically in the last Wizard Jam and was really funny. And yeah, uh, like when Dot Gobbler showed up in multiple Wizard right. Jam games yeah. last year, that yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I mean, really you, you don't want to go all in on something like that and just ruin Wizard Jam by making it a cinematic sure. universe jam. But yeah. they're, they're, they try to introduce sub-rules sub or sub-challenges to get people to you know, just, you know, to help ignite ideas or mm-hmm. give you something goofy to throw in. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, and also just increase the community aspect of it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a really cool thing. Um, do you know the timing of... Wizard Gem Four offhand. Uh, man, I should know that, shouldn't I? I will, I will look now. Well, while you're looking that about uh, looking at that up, the Idle Santa 2016. Um, I, I found it by just searching for Idle Thumbs Idle Santa 2016, and the forum thread popped up. Uh, and you have to have your uh, submission in uh, by 27. By your submission, I just mean you have to PM the forum member who made the thread. All you have to do is just like send them your name, address, and country before November 27th. Uh, and then indicate if you like are okay with international shipping or just shipping locally or, or whatever. Um, and yeah, so if you get your information in 
by November 27th, you can then participate in the wacky Idle Santa 2016 gift exchange. So get on that if that sounds like a fun thing for you nice. to do. And also, just so you know, the uh, the the cap on present cost is like about twenty to twenty five dollars. So you're not don't you don't need to feel pressured about spending like tons of money on this. The idea is just like sending a funny or cool thing. And uh, Wizard Jam is coming up fast. It is Saturday, November 19th through Sunday, December 4th. If you want more details on the actual start time in your time zone and whatever else, you can go to idlethumbs.net, go to the forums. There's a Wizard Jam forum at the top, and there's currently a thread called Winter Wizard Jam 2016 Planning, which has uh, an FAQ and the dates up at the top. Cool. All right, let's do some reader mail real quick. Yep. So Shane Lynn writes, Dear Thumbs, I very much enjoyed your typically charming and slightly bewildered discussion of Civilization VI in episode 286. I wanted to confirm that each of the 19 civs has its own unique theme. Not only that, but each theme has four versions for the ancient, medieval, industrial, and atomic eras. So as each player's civ progresses through the age, so too does its music. The simple melodies of the ancient era are augmented with Baroque ornamentation, romantic fervor, and eventually synthetic tones. The lighthearted Muppets theme that orchestrated Chris's ethnic cleansing of the Sumerians eventually transforms into a dystopian piece that wouldn't be out of place on the Deus Ex soundtrack. This is a combination of how Civ 4 and 5 did music. Civ 5 had incidental music based on region and also a different theme for each leader's diplomacy dialogue with war and peace variations. George Washington's war theme is an amazing martial version of America the Beautiful. Civ 4 featured an adapted soundtrack of largely Western classical music that was the same for every Civ but with tracks tied to particular eras. Although Civ 5's score is voluminous and very fine, I think 4 has stayed with me the most. To this day, whenever I hear Dvorak's American Suite, I reflexively think, well, I better have my workers start building windmills. <laughs> I hope that 6's music will have as powerful an effect. Keep up the great pods, Shane. There's a dog in this office, it sounds like. Um, dear Liza. Uh, so, yeah, that is that is a good explanation of what is going on. Yes. In Civ 6 musically. And actually makes me want to break with my traditional obsession of just only ever playing France and going for culture victory. Which is he only always... ever plays France traditionally? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I know. It's because they get culture bonuses. Mm. And I just love doing all the cultural. Like, I just love building. Oh, you like... just like building things for a long time and not, not, yeah. not doing any. It's true. Just letting it sort it's of go true. And let for my like borders over periods just expand of time, periods forever. Of time and... And like, uh, okay. Yeah. It's what I love, Nick. What can I say? Um, French baby. <laughs> actually, what I, what I ended up doing was really doubling down on religion in my first game, and I had a oh, totally yeah. dominant yeah. religion. Um, I really like all the way religion works now, and the sort of. I'm not like, really aware of it because I, 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 I it's just so against my playstyle. <laughs> uh, in the post gods and kings world, yeah, in which we live, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. they, yeah, the stuff they introduced in the Civ Six expansions and five, uh, Civ Five expansions, yeah, five. it's, yeah, religion is like a very full featured um, component of the game, which is cool. Um, anyway, yeah, that, that's that's really cool. I also think Civ Four is, for me so far, the musical high point of the series, mainly because it's actual like real music that is sourced and draws from, especially as you get into the modern era. Just the modern era, John from, Adams stuff is just yeah. Unbeatable. It draws from a like a canon of music that just is not is totally underused yeah. in film and and television and sort of just. It, it is just not like despite being a really rich wealth of of music, it is just totally not really used in pop culture That's what they at call all. Modern music, Chris. yeah, it's t- yeah, new, modern new music. New I music. think is actually really the the, the term um, that is yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, it's essentially like you know people writing in the 
in the sort of European art music tradition, but in the 20th century mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, through now. And it just it just lends that that soundscape a really unique sound that you just would not hear like in any typical video game or movie soundtrack. Uh, except for like maybe a Stanley Kubrick film. He was one of the few film directors who actually used music from that canon. And GTA 4 trailers. Uh, oh, that's true. The <laughs> Philip Glass stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, that's cool. I, I'm looking forward to playing more Civs in, in Civ 6 and hearing hearing more of that stuff. Yeah. I like that. And also, didn't someone, didn't someone mention, or maybe it was one of us, I can't remember, uh, that your soundscape also draws from other sieves you've someone, encountered? Someone in the Idle Films yeah. forums pointed right, that out, that as right. you encounter more sieves, basically the playlist of available music that you're hearing increases. Yeah, yeah that is really cool. I think I, I noticed that, but, yeah. but didn't really That's connect really it with the, with the era thing. All right, so uh, Pierre-Yves Lafleche writes, Hey, guys, one of the main types of videos my daughters watch is women dressed as Disney princesses eating weird things, especially candy. So get Nick into a dress and you'll get into a whole new demographic. Nice pods, a Zen master. Envoyer de mon iPhone. <laughs> um, that is crazy. Women dressed as Disney princesses eating weird things, especially candy, as watched by young girls, I guess. Probably not just watched by young girls. I bet there's a, mm. I bet there's a very different, m- more distressing demographic that I mean all of those things independently I knew were were I mean this is just a combination of things that I knew were (laughs) what you you mean bubbling up in the background Disney princess videos Disney princess videos eating eating videos all the candy I mean this is just the filtered down there's like people eating videos then there's like candy review videos yeah 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 it's the internet now well I don't think I'm going to look up this category of video (laughs) I think I'm going to but I do think we're going to start producing them starring Nick Brecken that's true that's true (laughs) We'll if you become a member of idlethumbs.net, you get exclusive bonuses such as <laughs> Nick in a dress eating candy. Nick Brecken, uh, Disney princess. We're going to only I make mean, him eat. You know, like, there's a certain dollar amount. You're if only you eating Idle Thumbs. <laughs> I, would, I would dress up in a dress and yeah. eat a pepper eat, or whatever you want. No, 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 whatever, you, whatever you gotta, some bullshit. You you know, gotta eat, we're going to pioneer the Disney princess, you know. uh, the Disney princess drag yeah. ghost pepper right. eating stream. God. As long, I would actually kill now that me. I've said it, it will just <laughs> that would kill me. Yeah, you've created that yeah. on the internet. As long as you chase it with that toilet candy, <laughs> <laughs> we're good. Nick as Disney princess licking toilet candy, licking, t- licking toilet. Just After that's ha- where that's where the ellipses comes in on the, on <laughs> right, the YouTube. On the- <laughs> licking toilet, licking toilet. Yeah. candy. Yeah, that's how you. That makes you want to click. That's how Doesn't make clicks. me want to click. I got to say. Oh, well, all right. Someone though. I guess we shouldn't do it then. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> You know, your audience is yourself. You got to make something make what that you, you want to see. see. That's, uh, true. that's why we're sticking to Nick Brecken dressed <laughs> as Disney princess, uh, you know, eating ghost peppers. Yeah. Not toilet candy. Not toilet, Not candy, toilet candy, please. No, yeah. I mean, what kind of weird preferences do you think I have? I, I, I'd watch the, I'd watch any of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Struble writes, hey, Thumbs, I recently received Skyrim Remaster as a birthday gift and I'm having a great time with it since I never really got a chance to enjoy it five years ago. I noticed in your archive that the game was never really mentioned due to its release during a gap in the show. Any late impressions or hot scoops on this reheated game? Also, I've been binging old thumbs casts, and I really like all the music. The song about space assholes and wizards won't leave my brain. (laughs) As a result, I created a mage in Skyrim named Wizard, and I say the wizard, or quote the song, uh, when burning assholes in the game, hmm, 
It results in <laughs> laughter from my fiance judging me. I may have started calling Skyrim by an alternative name, Dragons and Assholes. It seemed appropriate since everyone you kill is a dragon or an asshole. Just in case you didn't know, vampire assholes are the worst. Thanks for the cast and entertainment, Brian Struble. Um, well, my memory is that we talked about Skyrim a ton, but it's because we talked about it. Chris, you, you, Sean, and I talked about it a ton on the Idle Thumbs Kickstarter progress casts, uh, which were never publicly uh, released. They were only for Kickstarter backers. But like that was when Sean. Uh, got obsessed with home barreling and that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. All the stories of Draylus. and I think that maybe there was a I little like bit of Skyrim that, that made it into uh, one of the live episodes that we did. I think probably. I mean, a weird quirk of of like, I mean, the funny thing is, while we were on that break, Nick Brecken was at Bethesda. Oh yeah, and you were like, working, on Skyrim. You're working on Skyrim. Uh, yeah, I feel like the live one of the live shows. I think we did talk about high, because high Skyrim because content. I was I, there for that. I think. Yeah, and I think we talked about it. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it was yeah that was that was during an era in which yes, I was probably naming my like test files the wizard or something. <laughs> but like <laughs> any yeah. hot scoop, any hot Skyrim scoops. I did load up the remastered version. Um, actually, oh, this cool. week I didn't I didn't really play much of it, but um. Uh, yeah, and I guess I'm sort of waiting on a patch because they they the way they did it. I, there was this stuff in the press this week about how they compressed all of the audio uh, in mm. a weird way, and so th- I think they're going to address that. And I'm just waiting for that to to Got occur. It. But anyway, hot scoops. I don't know. <laughs> I probably hit a couple idle thumbs jokes in that game. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really remember. Um, but uh, uncover yeah. your own hidden content in the remastered Skyrim. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Finn Downs writes, Hey, Thumbs, in last week's episode, you guys talked about the planned Nintendo theme park and weird possibilities of a game-themed park. Let me tell you about Sega World. Sega World was an indoor theme park that opened in Sydney in the mid-90s and closed in the early 2000s. I visited it twice when I was very young, so memories are hazy, but it's a big part of Australian 1990s nostalgia. With Sega's lineup, you'd expect Sonic to be the star of the show, possibly with supports from the Jester thing from the Knights game or Echo the Dolphin, but not a single one of the rides even referenced anything remotely Sega-related. Instead, you had rides like Aqua Nova, interactive animated film with hydraulic moving seats, where you had to stop a giant squid from destroying an underwater city by pressing a button as fast as possible. So it still captured that video game horrible sure. quick-time event uh, experience. Alternatively, you could try and go on Rail Chase, a mine-themed indoor roller coaster. The closest thing you could get to a Sega reference was in AS1, another interactive movie simulating a spaceship chase with Michael Jackson as the ship's captain. Possibly a nod to Moonwalker for the Genesis. Probably not. Or, yeah. or Captain, captain EO. EO. How, did, yeah, how what? did Michael Jackson star in multiple like theme park interactive... I guess Captain EO wasn't interactive. I'll but do anything park as long as I'm films. a space captain. <laughs> Like, okay, Michael. As long as it's in a theme sure, park whatever, whatever a Michael captain. wants, yeah. <laughs> the park did feature a big room full of arcade <laughs> games, and I have a distinct memory of playing all the way through notable Capcom beat-em-up Dungeons & Dragons Shadows Over Mystara on Freeplay. Another thing about Sega World is that your very first experience after walking through the entrance was to be confronted by a guillotine. You could stick your head inside the stock of the guillotine, and after a short anticipatory delay, the blade would fall on the victim's head, appearing to cut right through their neck, but miraculously leaving them unharmed. Child me didn't think this was strange at the time, but in retrospect, I really have to wonder what committee thought that the front face of their park should be a mock execution. I guess they chose a guillotine because they wanted something edgy. Thanks for the pods, Finn. P.S. Check check out this travel show feature on Sega World with Australian celebrity Ernie Dingo if you want a glimpse <laughs> inside. How is that a guy? How is that? It's an Australian man's name. Oops. 
Oops. Oh, well, you're Sorry. checking it out. I, well, I clicked the video and I got a, a, a ad for local with, a, with American state celebrity Sam Eagle. Yeah. This guy was... I reckon I should stop talking and get going. So I'll leave you with it, mate. Have fun. I'm just going to stick my head in this uh, guillotine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder if that's... Yeah, I'm gonna what? Keep, I'm going to keep watching with the volume turned down and see if that occurs. Uh, anyway, wacky. What a weird thing. Yep. We should probably wrap up this podcast. How do you make a Sega-themed amusement park and not have a goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog roller coaster? Baffling to me. Yeah, that is really strange. All of our talk about video game-related theme parks just makes me want Planet Coaster to finish their stupid closed... I'm so mad that I didn't buy it when it was out. Mm. And now like they, they're in the early access prelim phase. Man, I want Planet Coaster so bad. I think it's soon. I think it's a couple weeks. Oh, I really? need it. Yeah. Oh, cool. I need Planet Coaster in my life. I know it was November something. Yeah. I yep. need it. It's really good. Well, they're already deep into the park at this point, and they did not show the guillotine. So maybe, maybe they, they some, some no spoilers. Mm. They didn't yeah. want to. They didn't want to, or they didn't want to show someone getting decapitated. Uh, like the on first TV. thing. <laughs> first, welcome to our theme park. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that's the sound it makes. That's how you know it's a joke, <laughs> right? Just makes a little. Hopefully they borrow from that for the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog film by the... Uh, Hopefully they borrow uh, for that from... Hopefully that fucking... <laughs> when the guillotine drops, if the Sega scream happens, everything will be okay. <laughs> what is this Sega? It's the, oh, the, oh, yeah. Like, Sega! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Wait, let's tell people about how podcasts oh, are promoted. Uh, yeah. You can write us... Your own questions or comments at questions at idlethumbs.net, and we'll read it on Reader Mail. Uh, you can find us on Twitter also at idlethumbs. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. Please, if you like this show, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. And if you know anyone who might be interested in this thing, tell a friend. <laughs> that's really how we, that's basically the one way we, uh, we spread the word about the existence of Idle Thumbs, and we appreciate it when people pass it along. So thank you very much. You can find the rest of the shows on our network at idlethumbs.net. We will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 What does the Tokyo subway guy say? Like, get in the train. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think he said get in the train. Wow, nailed it. Get in the train.